What's up? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today, Kokomo Friday. Scott and Heath, you feeling good? You feeling friday horrific? Yeah, why not? Sure, yeah. Friday. Woo. Yeah, yeah, very convincing, very convincing. Uh, I'm feeling great, because I think I have put together a great show. It is up to you guys to execute it, okay? If the show is not great, it is squarely on your shoulders, and what I mean is I have a lot of segments, a lot of segments. And one segment that I think everybody's going to be excited about is, uh, here it is. There it is. Fantasy Jeopardy. We're going to play some Fantasy Jeopardy later. Yes. And it's going to be wonderful. Scott, have you ever played Fantasy Jeopardy? I've never played Fantasy Jeopardy. I've only played Fantasy Feud. Yeah, well. Which we haven't done in a while. But this is, uh, Fantasy Jeopardy sounds fun. Yeah. Fantasy Feud is for dummies. Fantasy Jeopardy is for smart Whoa. people. I watch Wheel of Fortune, which is what people who aren't smart enough to watch Jeopardy watch. So we'll do that a little bit later. So let's do like a rapid-fire fantasy baseball today episode, and let's start with your favorite two-start pitcher option for Fantasy Week 7. Guys who are owned in 70% of leagues or fewer uh, or less. Still not sure grammatically there. Uh, who are we looking at? Heath, favorite or favorites? If, if nothing else, I'm a stubborn man. And I am not going away from a guy that has been good more often than he's been bad this year. Vince Velasquez at St. Louis at Kansas City. Okay. Yes. I was thinking about dropping Vince Velasquez, but I will not do that in his two-start week. This is actually a pretty good week for two-star pitchers, I think. Not like last week's garbage. I feel um, like I just stunned you with that answer. You just weren't expecting him? Am I wrong about him being a two-start pitcher? What, what's going on here, Adam? I just don't think he's been that good because he doesn't really go six innings ever. He's done it once this year. He's better, I think, for like categories leagues than than points leagues, he's which is to, weird because normally, win. yeah, nor normally you'd think uh, a two star pitcher there's a a uh, a higher threshold to meet in categories leagues, but for him in particular, I feel like it's kind of reversed because. Yeah, but part of the reason he's going, he has such good ratios is because he's not pitching deep into games and not having his arsenal exposed that third time through the order. But obviously that limits his win potential, his point scoring potential. Uh, this is kind of a put up or shut up week, in my opinion, for Velasquez, because he has one quality start and it was at Miami. Um, so, all right, we, we shall see. I will be starting him, Heath. So I, I, I don't disagree. Scott, how about a two star pitcher that you're looking at? So, I like the guys we talked about yesterday, um, Anthony Desclafani being my favorite of the two, and Martin Perez, who are both available in less than 40% of leagues. Both have really good matchups this week, doing some different things with their arsenals that kind of explains the success they've had recently. I do feel like uh, the ceiling is higher for Desclafani. He could be somebody you keep even beyond this week if he delivers on his two starts which are San Francisco and San Francisco again. Um, Beautiful. So I I put in claims for both of them in in the podcast league, the the podcast points league yesterday, which is the format where you should be most heavily pursuing two start options. Yeah, I put in claims for both of them as well. Did not get either uh, Anthony Disclafani or Martin Perez. They are widely available. We're going to talk about more pitchers who are widely available uh, that were pretty good last night, including a guy like Dakota Hudson, who is a two-star pitcher. Um, also, Griffin Canning, you'll, you might see him on the two-star pitcher list, but that is not guaranteed. We'll go more into that list later on in the show. But Canning would be a great start at Detroit yeah. and at Baltimore, but he's not guaranteed to make that second start. All right. Weekend streamers, that's another thing we'll do at the end of the show. I was looking at it this morning. You guys can take a quick look at the notes. If Kevin Gosman is available, he's 80% owned. He's the highest owned player that I put on this weekend streamer list. He is at Miami, and maybe people dropped him after his two terrible starts. That would be somebody I'd be looking at. 
Um, I'm not sure if I have a favorite, but if Yanni Chirinos is, in fact, starting at Baltimore, I'd be very interested in him. And I'm thinking uh, maybe Spencer Turnbull against Kansas City. He hasn't given up more than three earned runs in any start. He's got three straight starts without three earned runs. Doesn't go deep into games, but Spencer Turnbull against Kansas City might be someone who helps you win a week. Uh, he's a weekend streamer. He's pitching on Sunday. So there's that. And also Wade Miley never gives up more than three runs, and he's at the Angels, so... Not a terrible option there. But I got more options for you later in the show. It was hard to find that one guy who's widely available that is just like a lights-out, gotta-pick-him-up guy. I don't know if you have had a chance to look, fellas. Have any thoughts? No. Okay. No. Okay, wonderful. Uh, I just want to talk about a few sponsors real quick. Again, Mother's Day's coming up. It's in about eight days, uh, nine days. So, proflowers.com or berries.com. That's proflowers and Sherry's Berries. I've gotten both of them over the last week. I've ordered more of them. They're great. Our promo code is FBT for a pretty significant discount on both sites. Proflowers.com, FBT's the code. Berries.com, FBT's the code. And the Kentucky Derby's coming up this weekend. You've got just a little bit of time left to get your first month for a dollar with the promo code Derby on Sportsline.com. Sportsline.com, promo code is Derby. we got some trade talk in a minute. First, uh, here's some news and notes. Steven Strasburg reached 1,500 strikeouts in fewer innings than any pitcher in Major League history. And um, he was rewarded with a new pitching coach. The Nationals fired their pitching coach. <laughs> Carlos Rodon is on the IL with elbow inflammation, and he might need Tommy John surgery. We don't know. Nothing's been ruled out. But Rodon's going to be out for a while. Miguel Andujar could be back this weekend. Aaron Hicks played in the outfield for the first time since his injury. Uh, according to John Heyman, the Yankees could be interested in Dallas Keuchel, but not until after the MLB draft, which is in June. Josh Donaldson expected back today. Shohei Otani expected back sometime within the next couple of weeks. Juan Soto has missed two straight games with back spasms. Jose Martinez, I talked about yesterday how he's been able to stay in the lineup. Well, not yesterday. He did sit, so that's something I'll be looking at over the weekend. Uh, Tyler O'Neill was back in the lineup. Dexter Fowler's been out with an illness, but Martinez was not able to play yesterday. He did pinch hit. How about this weird factoid? Trevor Cahill is about to become the first pitcher, weather permitting, to pitch in four different countries, to start in four different countries, as he will be pitching in Mexico this weekend. Didn't know that, did you guys? I didn't. I'm guessing, well, obviously United States, Canada, and then I guess Japan is no. probably the third one. No, mate. No, what is it? Australia. Ah, down under. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> And uh, we got to talk about Rafael Devers. He's on the dropo meter. He's having a pretty good week, but he made a crucial error in the ninth inning yesterday. He has nine errors, Rafael Devers. So, Heath, I apologize. You did all your homework yesterday for buy low, for sell high, and for buy high, and we didn't get to any of it. But I promise you get a chance today. So who is a buy low candidate for Heath Cummings? I still believe in Jose Ramirez, and the longer he goes with an average under 200, I think the easier it gets to make a buy-low offer on him. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a top-three pick or the number-one third baseman. Neither of those things probably now, but I still think he's going to be worth a first-round pick, and I think you can get him for less. Beautiful. Scott White, buy-low. This is a buy-low I've actually pulled off in one of my leagues, which is rare. But uh, Yu Darvish, I think, is a buy-low right now. Really like the way he's been trending in terms of the velocity picking up, the strikeouts picking up. I I, I think he actually has a career-high swinging strike right now. Um, still some things to hammer out with the control, but obviously he missed a lot of time last year working his way back from surgery this year, and control has always been kind of a a touch-and-go thing with him. But I think he's going to eventually be a uh, somebody who pays off at a position where it's hard to find real difference makers. And you can should be able to get him for pretty cheap now because the production has been limited so far. Does anybody think Jamison Tyone is a buy-low? I do think it's weird how his swinging strike rate's gone up and his strikeouts have gone down. Right. And so I, I think there's a... Like, I haven't actually lowered Jamison Tyone in my season-long rankings except for the fact that I've moved Luis Castillo, Shane Bieber, that class of pitcher ahead of him. So he's still in my top 25, I think, top 26. I I absolutely think he's a buy-low if you can get him for less than that. Does anyone think Yasiel Puig is a buy-low? Because that was the guy I was going to bring up. He has played 29 games, 
and he's batting 178 with four home runs and three steals. Now, what's really shocking, five walks to 30 strikeouts. That's terrible for Puig. But again, that's 29 games for Puig. His first 28 games of last year, he had a 500 OPS. He batted 200 and did not homer. The plate discipline is much worse this year, but even though I'm sure if we looked at Puig's profile, there's probably not a lot to like. But I'm looking at his track record. I know he's better than this. And I, I think mm-hmm. I think buy low on Yasiel Puig. Yeah, I my confidence is shaken. I've moved him down in my ranking some, but obviously not to a point that it matches up with his season-long statistics, which are dreadful. Uh, and he is a notoriously slow starter. His April production over the course of his career much lower than everything else. So that's you. You can take some solace in that too. Uh, yeah, I mean, for like I, the price you should be buying low on for Puig, it, certainly in like a three outfielder league, is um, close to being dropped. Because certainly, if he was dropped, I'd be adding him in whatever league I'm in. Right, right. Uh, okay, so we have given you Jose Ramirez, you Darvish, Jamison Tyone, maybe, and Yasiel Puig. Uh, sell high candidates, Heath Cummings. This is like it, and Scott before the show was talking about this. This is not a week where it feels great seeing saying sell high on some of the players that are doing really well. So I'm going to go a little bit lower, maybe in the maybe you could sell this guy high for Yasiel Puig, but this is kind of a low end guy that I would sell high. It's Aaron Sanchez. I don't buy anything about him being better. Um, he's got a 3.09 ERA. Might start to look a little bit like when he was good in 2015 and 2016. His FIP is 4.72. His Sierra is like 5.5. He is walking way too many hitters. He's still not striking anyone out. He's not good. Okay. Yeah, I can buy that he's healthy and that he'll be better, but not a low 3 ZRA. Aaron Sanchez did have a bad he, start. He has yesterday. the same peripherals that he had last year. Almost exactly. Mm, that's no good. Okay, well, he's only 62% owned. Uh, Scott, do you have a buy, uh, sell high, sell high? I do. And it's a guy I think I talked a little about yesterday, Marco Gonzalez, who is coming off a bad start, but the numbers are still, oh, he's really high in the starting pitcher, uh, starting pitching scoring. He's in between Garrett Cole and Marco Gonzalez in the top 20, it looks like. Uh, you know, a lot of that is because he has, Five wins, one loss. A lot of that is because he already has eight starts when nobody else has more than seven. Uh, but regardless, I, I think this is the highest point his value is going to be this year. Uh, both because he's not a top 20 pitcher, even at his best, and because he hasn't really been at his best this year. The ground ball rate is much lower to the point that he's not a, even a ground ball pitcher this year, making him susceptible to home runs, especially when he misses as few bats as he does. And frankly, when he throws as many strikes as he does, um, the walk rate is the one thing that's as good as it was last year, at least close to as good as it was last year. Uh, strikeouts are down, ground balls are down. That's going to be a problem for him if it continues. Marco Gonzalez. All right, Heath, I think you could do better. Like, I gotta call you. Aaron Sanchez, that's not a very good sell high. I'm gonna give you a little time to think. But no, I think you no. can do better. I really do. I've had like 48 I, hours to think. I was I straining to a find really a sell throw. high too. What's that, Scott? I was straining to find a sell high too. I feel like there's, I have enough reason for optimism with most of the guys who are performing well so far. All right, well, here, I, I've got something completely different to make up for my sell high. I do have a question for you guys. And oh, okay. I'll make it quick, Adam, so we can get to Jeopardy. Okay. But we, when you were doing the Mother's Day ads, uh-huh. and I, I need to buy some Mother's Day things, I am unsure if I am still on the hook for buying my wife something for Mother's Day. Yeah. Like, well, you guys obviously are. Uh. My, da- my dad definitely is not. I am at that stage where I've got a 19-year-old. I've got a 17-year-old. They can pretty like they have their money. I could even give them money, and they if I ha, if I have to. Your dad just punts on Mother's Day. What's that? You never stop being a mother, Heath. I I know I know I get stuff for my mother. Uh, my dad my gets my dad my gets something for my mom every year. Usually my dad flowers. Does too. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, man, uh, the heat. So, that, so like for, for forever. So I need to get something from yeah. me and still get something from the kids. 
Yes. Yeah. Or something really I, big from all of you. I I don't think that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> I mean, wow, what a lucky lady. Wow. I just don't like. I buy her things all the time. So high on I, I celebrate her regularly, but I am, I am not her child. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yes, um, but you mothered your children. She is. You're you're acknowledging her role as a mother. Yeah. That clearly. Has, well, she mothered. Well, never mind. Um, yeah, uh, you, you, it, it's an opportunity that to was celebrate not a compelling her. Case, guys. Getting <laughs> celebrated, and you don't want her to feel left out. All right, uh, here's my sell high. Uh, you tell me if you agree. Brandon Lau, he's got a 407 Babbitt, and if you're selling high, you better be selling high because I like Brandon Lau. It's not like, um, you know, like like I like him better than Tim Anderson. Uh, for example, who's obviously uh, we've been calling him a sell high, Tim Anderson. But I just don't know what to expect for Lau's batting average. I mean, the truth is he actually he, he got off to a terrible start last year. First ten games of his career, he batted 091. Then he batted 281 in the final 33 games. In the minors, he batted uh, 297 in 2018. In his career in the minors, he batted 281. But I just he strikes out so much. He's got eight walks to 37 strikeouts. Brandon Lau, I, I don't think he's a 304 hitter. He's a 304 hitter with a 407 BABIP. So I'm just a little concerned he's like a 260 hitter with pop. And he's going to be good. He's going to be worth owning. But right now might be the time to try to turn Brandon Lau into something great. I Yeah, if you could get something great, I'd be okay with it. But I don't want to just sell Brandon Lau by any stretch of the imagination. Because even with a bad batting average, I think he's possibly a, a starting second baseman. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you throw him well. in for a Jose Ramirez. Obviously, you're not getting Ramirez straight up for Lau. But, you know. Maybe you can do Lau and Aaron Sanchez, yeah. Jose Ramirez. <laughs> oh, you could do Lau and, you know, uh, Charlie Morton for Jose Ramirez. More, you know, giving him good players. Getting back one great player, sometimes that's, yeah, that works. All right, let's go to no, buy I, high. I think, I think that's a good choice to pick. Like, we said we had trouble finding sell high candidates. Um, you know, as long as you are actually selling high, I think Lau is a good candidate for that. Buy high. Heath, what do you got? Uh, Joey Gallo, and that's probably not surprising if you've listened to this podcast for a couple of years because I've talked about how I think he might have an MVP-type MVP season if he just has one year with decent BABIP. He has great BABIP right now, and a lot of it is actually real. He has kind of changed his profile just a little bit. He's hitting the ball even harder, if that's even possible. He has a better line drive rate. He has a higher—his barrel rate's like 30% right now. That won't last— but the past couple of years when he's had a two, an average around 200, his expected batting average has been 220, 230, and we've talked about how he's been unlucky, but whatever. It didn't really matter. He had a bad average. This year, his average is up in a more respectable range. His expected batting average this year is 281 so far. I think he legitimately could be like a 250 hitter with 50 home runs. All right, Joey Gallo, buy high. Scott White, who's a buy high? So... I'm having a hard time finding much reason to doubt Hunter Dozier at this point. There is going to be some Babbitt progression, but the main things I look for in a hitter are, does he walk enough? Does he strike out too much? Does he elevate the ball enough to hit for power? And Dozier checks all three of those boxes, showing no signs of slowing down. Um, people are having a hard time coming around to it. He's still less than 90% owned, which given where he is in, in, in production so far is it, it should be higher. Um, but obviously in those 87% of leagues where he is owned, I don't think, I, I don't think he would cost as much as maybe his upside, at least what I'm perceiving his upside to be at this point would demand. And he's dual eligible. Um, you know, if I owned him in any league, I'd, I wouldn't be benching him right now. So yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to buy into Dozier at this point. Hunter Dozier. Hunter Dozier. Okay. Joey Gallo, Hunter Dozier are buy highs. Emails at fantasy baseball at cbsi.com, uh, plus fantasy jeopardy, plus a lot from yesterday. Noah Syndergaard, first since 1983, I believe, was it, uh, to hit a solo home run in his complete game shutout in a one nothing win. It was amazing what he did. So we'll talk about him. 
Um, Jose Barrios is the number one starting pitcher in points leagues right now, so we'll talk about him. Yeah, he is. Yeah, pretty good. Um, I'll try to rain on the parade a little bit, but only uh, only a little bit. And um, all right, that's coming up right uh, right after this quick break on fantasy baseball today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I want to read some emails. We've been neglecting the emailers. So let's go to fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This one is from Marty Connor from Columbia, Missouri. Should I drop Jose Alvarez in a 5 by 5 Roto League? Seems like he's dropped a third in the saves pecking order. And that was actually before. This email came before last night when Diego Castillo got his fourth save. And Alvarado has not. Oh, he said Jose Alvarez. Sorry. Jose Alvarado is who he meant. He has not had a save since April 7th. So should Alvarado be dropped in a Roto League 5 by 5 Yes. Unless you're owning him for ratios, there's not much reason to own him at this point. Wow. Okay. I I, I sort of disagree. Yeah, I, I feel like he I don't get the know next that one. I totally agree with that. But April seventeenth. I know 7th. April seventh. I understand, but he is like he is going to really help you in ratios. And I oh. do think he's going. I would not be surprised. If he gets the next save at all. Over under 15 saves this year for Jose Alvarado. That's a great number. Under. Just over. Uh, this is from JT in Boston. What do you expect from Matt Olson upon his return? If I recall, ham eight bone injuries have sapped power from others in the past. What do you expect from Matt mm-hmm. Olson? Dongs. Yeah, this, this is why I haven't considered him mustache in a points league where roster sizes are smaller and where strikeouts hold back his production is because I don't think he's going to be in, in that format particularly usable for the first four to six weeks after his return. After that, probably normal Matt Olson. Yeah, it's, Heath seems more confident, but I do think that that is a bad injury. We've seen it. Hammy Bones, Chris has harped on that. They're, they're bad. All right. Dongs from Heath. Uh, Jake from Madison. Fringy starting pitchers galore. In a 12-team head-to-head points league, I'm looking for the next breakout starter. I am intrigued by Lucas Giolito, Jared Eikhoff, Chris Bassett, Desclafani, Martin Perez. Who do you like in that group? Giolito, Eikhoff, Bassett, Desclafani, and Martin Perez. I would rank them the top three for me, Desclafani, Perez, Giolito. All over Eikhoff? Showing... And Bassett? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, You are you are really buying the, into Di Scafani and Perez who have had pretty underwhelming careers. Well who who on this list hasn't? Everyone. I thought about have. that as soon as I said it. You are a hundred percent right. <laughs> uh, the only thing I would definitely argue with is I would not want Giolito over any of these guys. I mean, the production hasn't been there, but the underlying there there are some encouraging underlying things going on. His secondary arsenal seems greatly improved this year. Even yesterday, um, which was less than a quality start, nine base runners, I think, in five innings, but uh, sixteen swinging strikes. The slider, especially, has been getting a lot more whiffs. His whiff rate is uh, kind of is just outside of like an elite level so far this year. So. I, he's 27% owned. I, I don't know that it needs to be much higher than that, but this is, you know, obviously you're you're digging pretty deep for a breakout candidate here. And Giolito did that against the Red Sox. They don't strike out much. Um, yeah, I, I think Eikhoff, I just want to mention Eikhoff could be a good weekend streamer. He's got the Nationals today, and if Juan Soto does not play, I mean, that is not a very good lineup right now, in my opinion, so... Jared Eikhoff, take a look at him, 53% owned. He's been pitching well. I'm sort of intrigued by him. Uh, all right, this is from John in New York. I noticed Heath does not have Nick Markakis in his top 100 outfielders. Really, Heath? Nick Markakis is, not in the top 100? Is it Heath does not have Nick Markakis day already? <laughs> like, <laughs> we get this email once a year, right? At least. 
He yeah. should be in the no, top one hundred. He's definitely 100. in my top one hundred. Okay. He's definitely in my top one hundred. I think I think he just missed him. Okay. Um, I haven't moved Nick Markakis in forever, but I, th- I believe he's seventy nine in my rankings. Uh, yes, he is seventy nine. Seventy nine. Uh, there's an owner. I, in I a- should. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I should probably move him up a little bit. Yeah. There's an owner in our podcast league that keeps trying to trade me Nick Markakis, and I'm just not interested. <laughs> and I have terrible outfielders, and I'm just not interested in Nick Markakis. But yeah, I know he's not bad in points leagues. I know, but I know he's also not that good. Um, Jason from Carlsbad. Hey, non-zero chance. I've been listening to the podcast religiously for the past few seasons. I appreciate your insight. Yesterday morning, after Heath talked about Anthony Disclafani's FIP in Sierra, it occurred to me that Heath, Scott, and Chris seem to have their favorite go-to stats as indicators of a player's value. Scott enjoys swinging strikes nearly as much as peeps in his tee. Chris loves him some ex-woba more than his annoying Wilco Twitter handle, which I thought he agreed to change. And Heath guzzles down some XFIP like a frothy double IPA. What is Adam's pet stat? Mm. I've certainly heard about team at bats versus lefties more than I thought was possible only a month into the season. <laughs> what do you guys think? And this is so funny because I, I currently have the team at bat versus lefties split pulled up on my computer and I was going to bring it up at one point, but I didn't. <laughs> but I will that is say. your pet stat this year. Every year, but I will say that four of the top five in team at bats against lefties are in the NLS, which I talked about a lot during the preseason. The, for the NLS, every year they they face a ton of lefties, um, and San Francisco I, I, has 422 to lead baseball. I think you should start a new league with team at bats versus lefties as a stat. Well, I think it's relevant, and because the reason I pulled it up was when you started talking about Joey Gallo. Because Texas has the eighth fewest at bats against lefties, and maybe that's why his indicators look really good right now. If they see a lot more lefties, would that change? Are we deep enough into the season to just know that the teams are going? I mean, since we're citing that the NL West has the most plate appearances against lefties, and you were right about that, so that's going to continue for the rest of the year. I would presume no. that if the Rangers have the eighth fewest, they would, that would continue. Uh, you're, well, you're. I didn't know what you were going to say, but I was going to say you're wrong anyway. Uh, the, the, it's not as if the entire AL West is low against lefties. But, but if the teams at the top are going to stay at the top, wouldn't the teams towards the bottom stay towards not the bottom? Not necessarily. It depends how much they or face their the own NL division. the West teams that you had predicted are going to stay at the top. No, their I didn't predict anything about Texas. I'm just saying only, oh, oh, NL West teams. Yeah, because every single year the NL West teams face a lot of lefties. I don't know if there's a trend with the AL West. I know the Rangers. I, who cares? Uh, I don't really have a pet stat that I go to. I think what I've learned um, is that hard contact seems to be the stat that works the best in predicting the future. None of them are perfect, but um, you guys have brought it up a lot. This guy hits the ball hard, and I feel like if there's one stat that I want to pay more attention to going forward, it is it is hard contact rate or exit velocity, things like that. I think they're... They're really important. Um, so that there you go. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'd consider it the biggest thing. What, what is to you? Swinging but... strikes. <laughs> hey, it can be. Yeah, I mean, for pitchers, honestly, if you do, if you look at a swinging strike leaderboard every year, it's the aces. Same, same with so, the, yeah. same with walk to strikeout ratio, which is why I think a lot of people love Nick Pavetta. He was up there on a list that included like some of the absolute best in baseball. Doesn't work for everyone, but that that was a big one too. Continue speaking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, for hitters, because uh, I assume you're talking about exit velocity for hitters too. Yeah, and... I was. That's all I meant was hitters, uh, hard contact rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, launch angle, I think, is just as important. Uh, honestly, line drives versus fly balls versus ground balls, I think, is the single best indicator of what kind of batting average, obviously taken into account with strikeouts, what kind of batting average a hitter is capable of. Heath, want to give me a quick advanced stat thought? Um, I think that email was perfect. Sierra. Way. See, he, lo- he loves him some, some Ruben Sierra. All right, um, here's, we're going to get through everything that happened yesterday with, like, six subheadings here. Part one, you missed your chance to buy low. Steven Strasburg and Noah Syndergaard. 
Strasburg in his last three starts, three on runs, 29 strikeouts, and 21 and two-thirds. And I don't, I didn't check the data, but I did see, I watched a little bit of the game and his velocity appeared to be up yesterday, so that was nice <laughs> for Strasburg. And Noah Syndergaard, you know, he talked about how he couldn't grip the ball. Well, he said that the warm weather is helping that, help that yesterday in Syndergaard with a complete game. Shut out with a solo home run and 10 strikeouts. And uh, I, would you agree you've missed your chance to buy low on Strasburg and Syndergaard? Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Here's a section called Act Now Before It's Too Late. And what I want to know is these guys are available. Do you think we need to pick them up now before it's too late? Matt Strom and Michael Ch- and Michael Chavis. Let's start Chavis. Let's talk with that. Start with them. They're both about 60% owned. Strom, pretty damn good lately. 150 ERA in his last four starts. Chavis. Um, he does have six strikeouts in his last three games, but he has three homers and two steals in 12 games. Scott, are we, are we risking missing the boat on high end players here? No, I do not see a scenario in which Strom is a high end player. I think based on what we just talked about, you know, my problem with Strom is that he doesn't miss any bats at all. It is a, you know, bottom of the barrel swinging strike rate for him. And I think that's going to catch up to him sooner than later. Um, I'd be more convinced on, uh, on, on Chavis that you could potentially be missing a high end player here, especially since second base is the weakest non catcher position. And I really don't doubt the power potential. I question some of the other things he's doing, but he does have big power for a middle infielder. If he can keep the job, uh, certainly in leagues where you have like a middle infield spot to fill, third middle infield spot to fill beyond the regular second base and shortstop, I think you need to make sure he's owned. Does he run? Do you expect steals from Michael Chavis? Haven't seen a great history of that, no. So I'm not sure where those two steals have come from. Okay. And he's not the only one on the Red Sox running more than anticipated. Rafael Devers, too. Yep. It's too early for me to really make much of that, but... It's notable. <laughs> and I think I'm more optimistic about both of these guys than Scott is. And I don't like I don't think Strom's going to be an ace. But we've got that group of Sparps that for me are kind of towards the end of my top twenty, top twenty four relief pitchers in a points league. Uh the Colin McHugh, the Brad Keller, the Brad Peacock. I think Strom could absolutely be a part of that group. All right. Uh how about James McCann and Rymel Tapia? They are widely available. Do we feel like we need to act now before it's too late on James McCann, White Sox catcher, and Rockies outfielder Rymel Tapia? I, I don't see that for either of them. Tapia has, is, is working with a crowded outfield situation, um, and I don't think the power upside is enough that there's a lot to lose. I know one of his home runs, he doesn't even, I, I think he has four or three, and one of them at least was uh, was an inside the Parker. Um. I, I mean, McCann is interesting just because there's nothing interesting at catcher, and he's been the primary guy there over Wellington Castillo, and line drives are up, exit velocity's up, strikeouts down. Why not play him if you're, you know, obviously dealing with sludge at that position? But I don't really see this being a big breakthrough season for him. All right, next category is called Are These Guys Aces? They weren't drafted necessarily to be aces, but with some hope. Jose Barrios, top three pitcher, third in Roto, first in points. Charlie Morton, David Price. Heath, are Barrios, Morton, and Price aces? I'm really having a hard time keeping Jose Barrios out of that tier. He is my number one pitcher in the tier just below that. Aaron Nola is the last player in the ace tier, and I really kind of think that I'd rather have Barrios than Aaron Nola right now. He's pitching deep into games. He's gone now... Seven starts without a blow-up. And really, if you look at what he did last year, he had almost as many outings with seven innings and two or fewer runs as any pitcher in baseball. But he would have once a month or two or three times in one month, he'd just have that stretch where he was awful. I'm getting more hopeful that he's just going to be consistent this season. If yeah. he's consistent and is as good as he's been in the past, he's a top-10 starting pitcher, especially in points. Yeah, and, and Barrios has faced a pretty easy schedule. Like, even the Astros are 16th in runs scored, but he's going to face an easy schedule. It's just, that's the beauty of it. I mean, the Twins are the only good lineup mm-hmm. in that division. So, Barrios w- is going to have a great schedule. Would you guys schedule. consider Barrios over Nola? 
I, uh, I mean, I think it's in the conversation. I haven't moved Nola down that far yet, um, but it's it's in the conversation. So my loose definition of ace that I kind of let's go faster here. Let's go. Let's go faster. Go ahead, Scott. Finish. Your okay, talk. is that this is the expectation of two hundred innings and two hundred strikeouts? Um, Barrios fell just short of that in the innings last year. Um, Morton fell a little more short of that in the innings last year. And Price was pretty close. So they're all in that conversation. Uh, I still have them just a little outside of it. Okay. Uh, are these guys must start? Mike Fultonevich and John Gray. They both have two starts. No. Fultonevich has two starts next week, but at the Dodgers and at Arizona. And John Gray is a one-star pitcher against San Francisco at home. Are Fulte and John Gray must start? Nope. John Gray is... Closer to start, but I, I think, I think Fulton Evich is must sit right now. His velocity was down two miles per hour in his first start off the Dion. It was down three miles per hour in the second one. He does not have much to fall back on if he's, if he doesn't have elite velocity. Adams preseason favorites, Brad Peacock and Tyler Skaggs. I like them less now than I did then. Even though Skaggs looks like he has pretty good numbers, uh, swinging strike rate is way down. The ground ball rate is down 87.1% strand rate, so he's been a little bit lucky. Um, I like him. I think he's actually under-owned. He's 66%, but I don't think he's must-start, and I was hoping he'd be must-start. And Peacock, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of concern here, although he's mostly just gotten yep. beaten up by Minnesota, and they're pretty good. But um, quick thoughts, Scott, on Peacock and Skaggs. I think Peacock's droppable in, like, uh, you know, regular 12-team head-to-head league. Or certainly Roto. I mean, head to head's what you want to most in. Um, Ooh, I don't know. I'm not the quite slider there just yet. hasn't been right this year. He's but just what if not he, what if he gets it back? What if he anything. gets it back? Then you're gonna regret it. Right? Yeah. Adam, yeah. It's, yes. it's, it's a big F. <laughs> I'd be scared to drop a guy who has major spark potential. Like I don't you know, just because he's RP eligible. I don't know, I still okay. All right, I I I understand your point. I'm not there yet on Peacock, but I understand your point. Um, uh, Heath, thought on Skaggs? I don't feel much differently about him than I did before the season. He's still a top 50 starting pitcher for me, but he's not a top 40, so he's right in that range of guys that's definitely not must start, but I might start him more than half the time. Widely available starting pitchers, are you interested in any of these guys? I know Scott has some interest in Giolito. Giolito, Tyler Malley, Danny Duffy, Tyler Malley at Oakland at San Francisco next week, Danny Duffy... At Houston next week, Giolito, I think he's at Cleveland and at Toronto next week, and Dakota Hudson, who has the Phillies and Pirates next week. Malley, Duffy, Giolito, Hudson, Heath, are you avail- Are you interested in them? I'm not particularly interested in, in them. I think both Hudson and Malley have some possible mysterious upside potential. I don't believe in Giolito anymore. Duffy's this start was interesting in that he got to 100 pitches and he threw a ton of strikes, but it might take two more starts like this before I'd actually be interested in him. Yeah, yeah. Um, 18 swinging strikes through his slider 33% of the time, which was a much higher rate than he threw it last year. So he may be going, at least attempting to go the Patrick Corbin route. He needs to because he's not throwing as hard as he used to either. That's Danny Duffy. And you heard Scott talk about yes. Giolito more glowingly a little bit earlier. And in the bullpen, Scott, did we learn anything about Ryan Brazier and Matt Barnes and Hansel Robles and Ty Buttry? And you cannot well, Brazier, bring Michael Cade in today. No, he, <laughs> he did not have a save today. Um, Robles didn't either. It's worth pointing out. Yeah, Buttry he, wasn't available. Right. Anyway. Ro- Robles Brazier. a four-run game in the ninth. Go ahead, Brazier. Yeah, Brazier uh, blew a save, gave up a three-run homer, and it was a second-blown save and eight chances. Um, but considering he wasn't firmly the guy, I think it's a little concerning if you've been relying on Brazier because Matt Barnes struck out the side in a perfect eight before that. He's a much better strikeout pitcher. He's a much better home run preventer. He's a great ground ball pitcher, actually, Barnes is. Um, so it could it could tip the scales a little bit maybe Barnes is getting more it remains to be seen I I think one note you don't have here about the bullpen is I'm not sure terribly motivated to hold on to Luke Jackson he pitched the eighth inning of a blowout loss was followed by Charlie Culberson a position player so clearly 
uh, used in a low, low leverage situation. And that was after Minter had a great ninth inning with a four-run lead in which he struck out to the day before. So I think Minter is still clearly the first choice for saves there. Maybe he'll be terrible again and they'll turn back to Jackson at some point, but um, Jackson is not the guy. Fair enough. And who else had a great ninth inning in a four-run game and struck out to? That would be Hansel Robles yesterday. But like Scott said, you got to imagine Ty Buttrey not available after pitching two innings the day before. All right, you've waited long enough. You will get your Fantasy Jeopardy when we come back from this quick break on Fantasy Baseball Today. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, here's how it works, Scott. I got three categories for you. I got a $200, a $400, and a $600 question. And then we have Final Jeopardy. So, um, also, you don't lose points for incorrect answers. What? And and you have to be quick. You have to be quick on this. (laughs) All right, here we go. Your categories are middle infielders, breakout players, and nerd stats. For 200, 400, and 600. Scott, you're the uh, newcomer here. I will give you control of the board. Do you want middle infielders, breakout players, or nerd stats? So do I buzz in when I have the answer? Is that how this works? Uh, say yeah, your name, yeah, right? Just say your name. Go, Scott. After I, after I choose the clue, obviously. Right. And don't forget the answer in the uh, form of a question. Okay. All right. Well, I am going to – I mean, there's no losing money. So let's go 600 uh, in uh, nerd stats. S- nerd stats for 600. Nobody hits the ball harder than this sizzling serpentine. <laughs> uh, Scott. Hmm. I heard Scott. Who is David Peralta? That is incorrect. Uh. Heath, would you care to guess? Nobody hits the ball harder than this sizzling serpentine. (laughs) Scott is disgusted. Heath, you have five Um, seconds. Four, three, two, one. Cody Bollinger. Nope. Cody Bellinger is wrong. It's Christian Walker. Who is Christian Walker? Hmm. Hardest uh, hitter in baseball, according to Fangraphs. This was going into yesterday's games. Okay, Scott, the board is still yours. Oh, I thought we were going for average exit velocity. Disgusted with myself. Uh, um, no, it was hard contact rate, so you... I apologize. Uh, middle infielders for 600. Middle infielders for 600. This early waiver wire darling has a 678 OPS in his last 16 games. But has seven hits in his last four games. So he started off hot. Scott. Scott. Who is Dansby Swanson? Heath, this early waiver wire darling has a 678 OPS in his last 16 games, but has seven hits in his last four games. These are tough. Scott keeps picking the 600s. Heath, you have four, three, two, one. Yeah. Tim Anderson. Oh, (laughs) wrong button. Kike Hernandez. Kike <laughs> Hernandez has certainly cooled off. Ah, uh, yes. Scott, the board yes, is still I feel yours. Like Jeopardy clues are less uh, yeah. opaque. Anyway, um, what's the th- what's the middle category? Breakout of players. Breakout players. Breakout players for six hundred. For six hundred, his eleven point six K per nine, much higher than his career rate of eight Ks, Ks per nine, up to eleven point six. Scott. Scott. Who is Matthew Boyd? Woo! Yeah! That yeah! is on the board. 600 points for Scott White. And the board is yours. Matt Boyd was the breakout. Breakout players for 400. All right. This buff baseball boy is currently top three at his position and has reached base safely in every game this season. Scott. Scott. Who is Luke Voigt? Luke Voigt is correct. Yeah! Scott White. A I got the breakout category down. Heath, are you playing? 200 breakouts. Are, 
Uh, all right, Heath, uh, let's see if you can get on the board. Breakout players for 200. Christian Yelich has 14 home runs and six steals. So does this guy. Scott. Scott. Who is, who is Cody Bellinger? He swept the category, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Heath, you got some work to do. You are down 1,200 to nothing. Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich both have 14 homers and six steals. Scott, we have nerd stats and middle infielders. Yeah, let's go nerd stats for 400. This Southpaw Sultan of Swat has a 50% home run to fly ball rate as of yesterday. Uh, Scott? Scott. Who is Joey Gallo? Scott White is on fire. He has $1,600. Scott, nerd stats or middle infielders? Let's do nerd stats for 200. Only Tim Anderson has a higher BABIP than this veteran shortstop. Only Tim Anderson is a higher... Heath! Who is Elvis Andrews? Hey, Heath, you're on the board! 200 (laughs) to Heath. What do you think about that, Elvis Andrews? That was the easiest one? Well, Elvis Andrews with with like a 400 BABIP, Heath. Does that mean he's not a buy high? Um, I don't think he's a buy high, no, but I, I... Told you that a week ago because his bat was so high. Well, he is a, he's a buy high, even if his bat high. All right, Heath, we got middle <laughs> infielders for 200 and 400 remaining. You cannot win, um, I don't think. But uh, go go ahead anyway. Oh, no, we have final Jeopardy coming up, so maybe you can win. Go 400. Uh, the answer there is your daily double, uh, <laughs> which really sucks because you only have 200 remaining and – um, you, it's would have been worth four hundred. So you want to wager all awesome. of it? I one ninety nine, please. Okay, for one hundred ninety nine. <laughs> this American League Central middle infielder leads all middle infielders in RBIs. Leads middle. Who infielders is Adalberto Mondesi? Hey, all right, you guys are doing great. So Heath has three ninety nine. Scott has sixteen hundred, and Heath. For $200, this is the amount of stolen bases for Jose Altuve. Scott. No, it's, it's, oh, Scott, you're right. Sorry, Scott. Zero. That is incorrect. Heath. Heath. Two. First of all, I think you were trying to say what is two. The answer is actually what is one? One stolen base for Jose Altuve. Heath, you sound very demoralized, but don't worry. Final Jeopardy is coming up. Figure out how much you want to wager. $399 for Heath, $1,600 for Scott, and your category is strikeout machines. Strikeout machines. Okay, Scott, how much are you wagering of your $1,600? Oh, wait, 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 no. Write down your wager. I forgot. <laughs> Write down your wager. But you have to be honest about it. Otter code. I don't here. have a pen or paper. I just chatted it to you. Oh, okay. Scott, G-chat your wager to me, please. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. I'm going <laughs> to... Okay. And here is... Okay, great. Here is your uh, your question or your answer. These three West Coast teammates are all tied for fourth in baseball with 39 strikeouts. They are hitters. They are on the same team. They are on the West Coast, and they all have 39 strikeouts this year. Do, 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 do. I guess I could actually get the music up. All right, three hitters tied with 39 strikeouts on the same team on the West Coast. Scott, you wagered $801. Let's get your answer, please, or your question. Um, Shouldn't he... Like, uh, you, if he gives the answer, I already have Heath's answer written, so I know. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Who is it, Scott? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Okay, that's okay. Know. That's okay, Scott. You lost uh, eight hundred and one dollars. That leaves you with seven hundred and ninety-nine. Heath, you have wagered three hundred and ninety-eight of your three ninety-nine, which means if you get it right. That leaves you with what, 797? I believe? Yes. Okay, so what is your answer, Heath, or your question? 
Domingo Santana, Mitch Haniger, and Edwin Encarnacion. That is so close. Oh, damn it. There we go. Very close. Domingo Santana, Mitch Haniger, and Tim Beckham. Not Edwin uh, Edwin Encarnacion. That was a really good guess, Mm. though. So, Heath, you have $2 or $1. Scott... 799. Congratulations. You are the winner of Fantasy Jack. Yeah. So where can I, uh, where can I pick up my check? <laughs> you can do this for me, Scott. I'm going to give you 30, I'm going to give you one minute, maybe one minute and 30 seconds to tell us about prospects we need to stash. Prospects you need to stash. Well, there have been some big graduations, of course, Vladimir Guerrero and Nick Senzel's happening today. I still have Jesus Luzardo at the top of my list because I feel pretty confident that once he's healthy and back up to speed, he'll be in the rotation and doing Chris Paddock-like things there. Uh, Jordan Alvarez in the Astros lineup, or in the Astros system, is uh, somebody who you may want to go ahead and pick up and stash right now because he is putting pressure on the Astros to call him up with each passing day. I think four multi-hit games in his past five, 12 home runs already, a batting average over 400, an OPS over 1,400. He is, he needs to be called up. They have room for him. Let's make it happen. Astros, uh, Kevin Biggio has been playing a few different positions in the minors. He's already 24. Uh, so that he's, he's kind of eating away at his prime already. No reason why the Blue Jays should keep him down much longer. He's hitting for average this year, unlike last year. Power, speed, a lot of on-base ability. Very interesting player there. Uh, I also think Luis Arias is going to be back sooner than later. He has a three-homer game and a two-homer game since getting sent down. Now, his game in that made him a top prospect is contact hitting more than power hitting and the contact hitting has suffered in sort of a trade-off for more power here but if he hits for that kind of power you know he's he's interesting still and i fifth on my list is i I don't think as high a priority as the top four but brendan rogers has really heated up at triple a and although i have a lot of confidence in ryan mcmahon coming around and delivering on all the promise we thought he he had uh the rockies may not be as patient as me i mean rogers was part of the competition for second base this spring he's considered uh one of their top prospects if not their top prospect and he's he's pushing for a call-up right now so we'll see what happens there all right great lazardo alvarez biggio luis arias and brendan rogers thank you scott uh, drop o meter real quick here. Zero to ten. Zero is no way. Don't drop them, you moron. Ten is, yeah, drop them. You should have dropped them yesterday, moron. Brandon Nimmo, 66% own. Uh, yeah, you should have dropped him yesterday. I'll go, I'll go nine. Eight. Ryan McMahon. Two. Three. He's about to start a big homestand, so let's make it happen, Ryan McMahon. Adam Eaton. One. Uh, he's five. Been pretty bad. Take him or leave him. Uh, Travis Shaw, ninety percent own. Four. Three. Miguel Cabrera, seventy-five percent own. Nine. Oh, five. All right, Scott's certainly ready to drop Miggy. Ryan Braun. There's so many first basemen, man. Oof. Ryan Braun, 78% own. He's... Seven? I don't know. Nine for him, too. I don't really care about Ryan Braun anymore. Jeremy Jeffress, 35% own. Two. Mm, I mean, if he was worth rostering in your league in, a fir- in the first place, I'll, I would say like four. Byron Buxton, 75% own. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say zero um, in zero in categories, but he might be a ten in points. Uh, like an eight, six. six yeah, in points. yeah. I think there's a big divide between the two formats. Yeah, batting there. batting ninth just really hurts. Um, and Rafael Devers, ninety percent owned, starting to come around. He's having a nice week. Um, but man, those errors. I'm worried about his playing time a little bit. But Devers, ninety percent owned. 
six, maybe more like an seven in points leagues where roster or head to head leagues where roster sizes are small. Three for Heath. All right, two star pitchers. Oh, okay, let's see what we got here. I'm sure we have plenty of confidence in Blake Snell. We'll start him. How about Walker Bueller, Atlanta and Washington at home? Start him. Uh, are you starting Mike Miner at Pittsburgh and at Houston? Yep. Tanaka against Seattle and at Tampa Bay. Let's yeah. do it. How about Marco Gonzalez at the Yankees and at the Red Sox? Points league, yes, but maybe not in Roto. <laughs> Caleb Smith. Say no. Are you saying yes in both? I was scared. Yeah, I understand. Okay. For Marco Gonzalez, Caleb Smith at Chicago and at the Mets. Oh yeah, of course. Madison Bumgarner. Caleb Smith for anything. Bumgarner at Colorado and home against Cincinnati. Not really. definitely points. I'd still start him, but probably not in Roto. Colin McHugh, Kansas City and Texas at home. Probable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with him. Stroman against the Twins and White Sox at home. Yeah. Yep. The overowned, overrated Robbie Ray at Tampa Bay and home against Atlanta. Yep. Yeah, why wouldn't Only I, in points leave. Why wouldn't I want I my whip it. destroyed and my ERA, my lack of quality starts? <laughs> Sounds great. Um Okay. <laughs> After Robbie Ray. Who's that? Get out of here, Robbie Ray. Max Freed at the Dodgers and at Arizona. Of course. Yeah. Probably. All right, we're sitting Fultonevich. Yes. Heath? If I could help it, I mean. I, oh, yeah. I don't I think don't. there's a. I, I'm, I'm not even sure he's going to be must own. Michaelis is home against Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. His last two starts have been pretty good. All right, I'm not going to read all the matchups here, but these are guys you could think about picking up. Yolisha Seen, Vince Velasquez, Aaron Sanchez. Shasin Velasquez, Sanchez. Velasquez. Only Velasquez? Yes. Yes. Uh, Junis, hopefully Griffin Canning, but we're not sure. Sabathia, Merrill Kelly. No. Doesn't sound good to me. I mean, maybe Sabathia if you were hard up for starts, but that's the only one I'd consider. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Canning. Are you comfortable starting him one start at Detroit and then hoping for that? Yeah, I don't start think that's a bad idea. I. It depends on what kind of alternatives you have, of course. But it's not like I'm scared to start him at Detroit. And if he makes that second start at Baltimore, then obviously it was a great idea. Martin Perez, Dakota Hudson, Drew Pomerantz, Anthony DiSclefani, Felix Hernandez. I'm guessing DiSclefani and Perez are our favorites there. They are mine. Who does Felix have? At the Yankees and at the Red Sox. Yeah, not 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 him. Yeah, different matchups. He might be interesting, but those are... I, I mean, I guess those are tough. Are the Yankees a tough matchup? Not really. But at, at, at Yankee Stadium, they might be. Um, Senzatella, Nova, Alcantara, Mally, Brooks, Daniel Norris, David Hess, Shelby Miller. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. <laughs> All right, and then my, uh, my one-star streamers, Jared Eikhoff, who's your favorite on Friday? Eikhoff against Washington, Tyler Beatty at Cincinnati, Kevin Gosman at Miami, Ronaldo Lopez against Boston, Eric Lauer against the Dodgers. Gosman. He's the most Eikhoff. owned. Eikhoff uh, for Heath. Okay. I, I really would like to see. If Soto's not playing, I'm, I feel good about Eikhoff. Uh Saturday, Odorizzi at the Yankees, Waka at the Cubs, Tyson Ross against Kansas City, Homer Bailey at Detroit, Trevor Richards against Atlanta, Yanni Chirinos at Baltimore, Wade Miley at the Angels, Tanner Roark against San Francisco. Yanni. Yeah, I had trouble keeping up with that, but I think Yanni is the pick there. Okay, is or is it, it Laurel? It it is in your notes, just so you know. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, all right. Sunday, Pineda at the Yankees revenge game. John Means against Tampa Bay. Spencer Turnbull against Kansas City. Julio Tehran at Miami, 80% owned. Nick Margevichus against the Dodgers. Turnbull. 
Did you say Julio Tehran's eighty percent owned? Yeah. <laughs> two star, two that star is week, amazing. Two star week, and the last one's at Miami. So that is amazing. Turnbull is eighty percent owned. Um, uh, Turnbull's a sneaky one. I think one. I like. I think I like him more than Turnbull on this list, actually. Yeah, uh, that's fair. But Turnbull thir- is owned in thirty percent of leagues, so much more available. He's he's a sneaky one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby. Get 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 every mother that you know a Mother's Day gift. Get Heath's wife a Mother's Day gift. I mean, for goodness sake. <laughs> or, or Heath's mom a Mother's Day gift. Oh, and I forgot to mention. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I forgot to mention it. But we're going to be on HQ on Sunday. So check that out. I'll tweet out the details. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday.